Hey there, folks. Griff Talks Football here. We're your host, of course, Griff. Hope everyone is still staying, staying safe from the uh, coronavirus. Um, you may be asking yourself, wow, this is a, a very random episode. Um, I may have may not read the title, but if you have read the title, yes. This is my free agency thoughts uh, for this week amidst what's going on. Um, you know, I'm still working hard on uh, Monday's episode. That will still be out. Remember, that's going to be over pass protections against Sacktoes or against teams that have two great pass rushers. So I'm going to go over some uh, pass protection schemes that could uh, help um, if you're trying to throw the ball deep and go over some other things that could help somewhat eliminate or at least uh, keep the pass rush um at bay. However, you may need to, of course, adjust to what the team may be doing. Maybe they're pressing tight on your receivers and man coverage. So you may not be able to always throw the ball quick. Um, so you may have to change up some formations or you have to throw the ball deep and then change up your pass protections against uh, teams or opponents that have great two pass rushers. Um, so I'll be going over that on Monday. Um, and then still doing uh, my YouTube on Wednesday's uh, episode. That will be over a smoke play or smoke route, uh, which is a different type of RPO. Uh, don't worry, again, I'll explain that on Wednesday. So looking forward to doing that. You just check out my YouTube channel, Griffin Harbolt. That's G-R-I-F-F-E-N-H-A-R-B's and boy O-L-T. Looking forward to doing that. Um, but today's episode is my thoughts on the current free agency. Um, and, and the biggest news as of today, as of this recording, is that uh, Todd Gurley um, is heading to the Atlanta Falcons on a one-year deal. So the Atlanta Falcons just added a huge uh, weapon, I would argue, if... If he can stay healthy, this might be a great signing, even though it's one year. If he can stay healthy and play uh, consistent as well as having that explosive speed as he once did in 2018 um, and having that utmost confidence, he will definitely be a huge addition to Atlanta uh, in terms of the weaponry that they have. Now, will I say that, oh, they're going to win double-digit games, win their division, go to Super Bowl? No, I'm not going to say that. There's still many pieces that they have to fill, um, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, and amidst other teams that are going to have to compete against in the uh, NFC South. But that's been, so far, or at least the biggest signings of today is not only Todd Gurley heading back to Atlanta, Georgia to join the Falcons, um, but also uh, Melvin Gordon is signing with the Broncos. I think they agreed to terms. I'm just not sure what the uh, what the deal and the amount of money and what the salary would be. Um, but he is signing with the Broncos. I just don't know how they'll impact Philip Lindsay. I'm not sure. Like I, I think Lindsay has been one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. He had over a thousand yards. He's been their most consistent uh, weapon. Thousand yards rushing. Their most consistent weapon um, on offense. And for them to sign Melvin Gordon, I'm not sure they're going to put Philip Lindsay as a third down running back or a pass option running back. Um, I just have no idea. I feel like Phil Lindsay is, in terms of speed, is much more f- faster 
uh, compared to Melvin Gordon, but we'll definitely see how that pans out. Uh, but and other and other than those two signings, I'm just um, going to go over teams that have re-signed their players or tagged their players. Uh, teams that have traded players and teams that have signed different players from the opposing teams. So, uh, first off, I'm going to go over uh, Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper re-signed with the Cowboys at a five-year, $100 million contract. Um, and they tagged Dak Prescott for one year. And so the Cowboys were signing some key players. Obviously, they lost Brian Jones to the Dolphins. They can't sign everyone. Um, but it's definitely a lot of money that Jerry Jones is spinning around and giving out uh, to keep their most important, what he deems are their most important players. I'm not sure about the Amari Cooper signing. I'm not saying that he's worth that contract. I'm just saying... They could have at least tried to get Austin Hooper. Um, they, I definitely say tight ends are a weak, weak spot there. Um, they could have added more players on defense, maybe kind of bolster the offensive line even more. Um, um, but I, I, again, I, I'm not saying the signing is terrible. I agree with the signing. I just, um, I just. They could have used money elsewhere. Um, but if they're not going to stick to Dak Prescott, who has only got one year left on team for being franchise tagged, uh, then by all means, they made a great signing trying to keep Amari Cooper if they bring in a different QB. So, I mean, good signing on them. Uh, Dak Prescott's got one year um, with Mike McCarthy and see how he does. Yes, he's put up gaudy stats this past year, but he went one and seven against playoff teams. Um, which I know again, this is a team sport, but if you can't in any way elevate your team with the weapons that you have in the offensive line that you have, um, in somewhat of a good defense, um, that's very unfortunate. Like he's only he put up great numbers against teams that were five hundred below, but he put up other than the Packers game, which he threw a bunch of yards trying to come back, he definitely did not do well against teams that, you know, made the playoffs. And one of the losses included against the Bears. So they've lost even though again the Bears didn't make the playoffs, you would think that um despite having a good despite the Bears having a good defense, you would be able to attack them vertically, and which they sometimes did, but then they went on like four or five possessions where they didn't score, and then Mitchell Trubisky had a great game against the Dallas Cowboys defense. So uh, again, we'll see how this signing pans out. I'm just not sure if Dak's going to be back for the team. Um, if they don't make the playoffs, he's definitely not going to be back for the team, I would say. Um, as for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill re-signed with the Titans on a four-year, $118 million contract while they tagged Derrick Henry. Um, I'm going to be doing an episode next week about running backs specifically. That's going to be um, outside of my Season 2. That's not going to coexist with Season 2 um, when I'm doing just an episode specifically about running backs. Um, don't get me wrong, Derrick Henry is a fantastic running back. He is a monster. He is a beast. He is he is worth every penny, I would say. But 
you can also draft different running backs. As long as you have a good O-line, especially at left tackle in terms of pass protection, or a tackle that's great at pass protection for left-handed QB, or if any other left-handed or right-handed, just a good pass protector, and then having a quarterback, um, as well as having a great tight end, you'll be okay. You can still drive wide receivers. They just need to be excellent route runners and be able to catch the ball with no problem. And you can drive running backs that can at least have good ball-carrying vision placed with a good O-line, and they'll complement well. Again, I wish Derrick Henry got a better contract out of this. I think they gave the long-term contract to Ryan Tannehill just to at least have stability at quarterback um, and see if he's worth that much amount of money. Uh, it's just running backs are not viewed or at least are not as valued as quarterback, tight end, or offensive line um, as much as, as it was 10 years ago. Um, but I do think the Titans have placed themselves to be able to still compete in their division. Um, it's just this division in the AFC South is definitely going to be much more difficult to win um, compared to these past few seasons. Um, and as for another re-sign, uh, it's Drew Brees. He signed a two-year, $50 million contract. Um, which I'm, I'm glad that the Saints still have them. They're still capable of winning 13 plus games. I think it's definitely going to be much more difficult to win that division as well, based on what the other teams have done with their signings and with their trades. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a particular player battle Drew Brees twice a year. Don't worry, I'll explain who that player is at the, at the end of this episode, but we don't often get this quarterback matchup. And so I'm definitely looking forward to that. As for trades, DeForest Buckner, defensive lineman from the 49ers, has been traded to the Colts for a 13th first-round pick. So I think the 49ers might use that 13th pick in the first round to draft a wide receiver. Um, just based on needing more explosiveness and needing more consistency, I don't think they have, even though they traded for Emmanuel Sanders, I don't think they're going to keep him there. I Emmanuel Sanders is about to turn 30 this year. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a good wide receiver. I do think the Niners got that first round pick at the 13th position to be able to have an opportunity to draft a wide receiver. I mean, they may draft another corner. They may do elsewhere with that pick. I just think the most probability if they get the player that they want a wide receiver, they'll draft him. Um, to not only again get younger at the at the spot, but to have more explosive speed, I think they'll ha- they have another beast in Devo Samuel. Uh, but again, DeForest Buckner adds more uh, power to the defense in terms of athletic ability, in terms of having now a more stacked defense than they were this past year. Nick Foles has been traded to the Chicago Bears, re-partnering with Matt Nagy. He's got he's familiar with the Andy Reid West Coast offense. He worked with Andy Reid for two seasons. He's worked with Doug Peterson for two years, um, and now he gets to work again with Matt Nagy. Um, so I don't know what this means in terms of what's going to happen for Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know if this is going to put a fire under Mitchell Trubisky to then be able to play well or to be able to um, excel in his quarterback uh, position. Um, and, and 
I'm sorry, I almost lost my... There, yeah, train of thought, train of thought, sorry. Um, now, will this mean that Nick Foles will win the starting job? I have no idea either. Nick Foles definitely does not have, I would say, or argue, does, definitely does not have the same arm strength as Mitchell Trubisky, nor is athletic as Mitchell Trubisky, uh, but he knows the system, or at least is familiar with the system. He also does not have the same weapons. Like, I know Jacksonville did not do well compared to the Bears this past year, but Jacksonville has more weapons than what the Bears possess. I think the Bears are going to struggle offensively unless they get amazing quarterback play out of Nick Foles and out of Mitchell Trubisky uh, with a consistent uh, weapon or a consistent play from Allen Robinson and to have a good year from Tariq Cohen. Uh, we'll definitely see how that season pans out for the Chicago Bears. Um, also, in other news, Stephon Diggs has been traded to Buffalo for a buttload of fucking picks. Uh, we're talking about a first-round pick, second-round pick, fourth and fifth, I believe, um, from the Buffalo Bills sent to the Minnesota Vikings, which is... Uh, that's a lot of picks for a receiver that's in the middle of his prime, I wouldn't give that many picks up, maybe just a first round pick, but that not that many for this receiver. I'm not saying Stephon Giggs isn't great. I'm just saying he's he had Adam Thielen to go along with him. It helps. Same thing with Mike Evans with Chris Godwin. It helps when you have another good receiver that a quarterback can throw to. And now you're being asked to be the guy. Look, I think John Brown, he's going to get up there in terms of having, you know, excellent route running and ball catching ability. He just so happens to have speed on his side. Um, I'm, I think the Bills might aim to be more of a vertical team this year. Uh, but we'll see if that trade actually pans out for Stephon Diggs. I think they're trying to capitalize on winning the uh, AFC East this year, but the AFC East is not an automatic dub for the Bills. I know uh, the Patriots lost a significant player, but that doesn't mean that they're out. I know the Dolphins added some more players on their roster, but that doesn't mean that they'll win the division this year either. Um, the Jets, I think, are still uh, below the curve. Um, but definitely excited to see how the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs uh, connection pans out. And the last trade for this news, DeAndre Hopkins. All-pro receiver several times in his career has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals along with a fourth-round pick. And Houston receives a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and David Johnson. <sighs> So as a Texans fan, it's very frustrating because I didn't want Houston to lose DeAndre Hopkins, who's been their most healthy and consistent weapon for Deshaun Watson. And look, they got a second-round pick this year. They'll be lucky to even land a wide receiver that they view that could be complement to their team. Look, they have Kenny Stills, explosive, but never had a 1,000 yards receiving his career, I don't think. They have Will Fuller, who's been there since 2016, but hasn't had a thousand yards receiving and has been dealing with hamstring issues. He's their fastest guy, but he's been dealing with hamstring issues. Um, and it's just it's it's definitely frustrating to see a player that caliber go to the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to do better just offensively this year, based on what the the weapons that they have. But I would have loved for them to 
for Houston to keep DeAndre Hopkins. I just think they could have gotten more out of value. But in terms of future, in terms of cat space, they need money to pay Deshaun Watson. And they need money to pay Laramie Tunzel, who they traded a buttload of picks for. Who I think may be worth it. Um, it will be worth it if they sign Laramie Tunzel. If they can't, then that's just a shitload of trades that you just gave away this the previous year. Only to then lose a player the following year. So the left tackles, they come at a premium. Or just pass protecting tackles, they come at a premium. Quarterbacks come at a premium. They have a right quarterback. They have the right tack- They have the right pass protecting tackle. One of the best in the game. Who plays that left tackle. Deshaun Watson's blind side. So they needed the cap space for that. They fill the position need at running back. Um, I just hope David Johnson stays healthy. A lot of people were saying that he's washed up. I don't think he's necessarily washed up. Look, he had a terrible year this past year. Lost his position to Canyon Drink. But the year before that, he was the main guy based on the offensive system that was used. And he almost had a 1,000 yards rushing. He was a guy that Josh Rosen, the quarterback at the time in 2018, relied heavily upon. He was their most consistent weapon. And he got hurt in 2017 with a wrist injury. But then in 2016, he had a monster year. He was the fantasy running back of the year. He was a candidate for being offensive player of the year. He was the reason why the Cardinals were able to even compete in some of their games. He had 20 total touchdowns and over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. So can he be that caliber player? I'm not quite sure. But in previous years with Houston, they've had consistent running backs. Lamar Miller had 1,000 yards rushing in 2016. He had 1,000 yards rushing in 2018. Then they got Carlos Hyde because Lamar Miller had a 20 ACL. Carlos Hyde had a career year. His first ever having 1,000 yards rushing. So they have an excellent running backs coach. And I do think excellent offensive coaches that can get their running backs going. So uh, this may pan out. I, I just, look, it would be an absolute steal if David Johnson gets back to his 2016 season. I just don't think that will be the case. Um, I just, I just wish they got more out of that DeAndre Hopkins trade. Um, but I just, I just wish, I just wish they got more out of it, but I'm definitely excited for Houston to at least now see what they'll do with the cap space to sign Laramie Tunzel and Deshaun Watson. That's all the thoughts I had on it. I know I spent a lot of time on that. It's just, they went, I was angry at first, but then I kind of understood the situation. But moving on to signs, and speaking why the AFC South would be much more difficult to win is because Philip Rivers signed with the Indianapolis Colts. He signed with uh, on a one-year $25 million, baby. He's getting his money. He's getting his money. Um, uh, with the Colts, though. Um, so they, they have the Forrest Buckner. They have a stack defense. They have Martin Mack, who's a good running back. They have an excellent O-line. They just need to add more perimeter weapons. They're getting Jack Doral back from injury. And they still have T.Y. Hilton, who's one of the fastest receivers in the league. Excellent run route runner, as well as having excellent ball hand skills. Um, or just excellent pass catching ability. Um, so, like as a Texans fan, I hate the Colts. But congrats to the Colts on signing Phillip Rivers. Um, excited to see how this season pans out. 
As for my brownies, the Cleveland Browns, yes, the Cleveland Browns, they got themselves an offensive tackle with Jack Conklin and tight end Austin Hooper, who was one of the best tight ends of this past season, putting up gaudy stats as a tight end, even though he missed some games due to injury. Uh, but the Browns are now stacked at tight end with David Njoku and Austin Hooper. They still have Odell Beckham Jr. as well as Jarvis Landry. And they got another tackle to help uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. However, uh, under Kevin Stefanski, I do think the offense is going to be very similar uh, to what the Vikings offense were back in 2019. Uh, under the offensive play calling by Kevin Stefanski, um, so, but nevertheless, very excited to see how this season pans out for the Browns. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater signs with Carolina Panthers on a three-year deal. <clears throat> so, um, that vision is only going to get tougher for Drew Brees and the Saints trying to win it again for a, was it third consecutive year? They won it. In 2018, they won in 2017, they won in 20... Yeah, no, fourth consecutive year, my bad. For a fourth consecutive year. So, definitely looking forward to Drew Brees trying to win it for a fourth time. The Saints team, I know they've had some playoff struggles, heartbreaking losses, but they're coming back with a vengeance, I do think. Um, but with Teddy Bridgewater being there... Um, it does give the Panthers not only stability at quarterback, but to then be able to still compete in some games. I do think he's a good quarterback. Um, I see. Uh, what was it? Um, the Falcons again signed Todd Gurley. Uh, speaking of another signee, Randall Cobb signs with Houston. He's 30 years old. He signed a three-year, $27 million contract with $18 million guaranteed. Is he going to be the number one guy? Maybe temporarily. If they draft another receiver, an excellent receiver in the second round, he probably will just play slot or outside. Or they might draft a DB with that if they do draft a DB in the second round. But look, if they can get a healthy Will Fuller for all 16 games and consistent production from Kenny Sills, I think their receiving core will still be all right. Would it be as excellent as it was the previous year? Probably not because Randall Cobb is not consistent or as excellent a route runner and is not young as DeAndre Hopkins. However, Randall Cobb is a good slot receiver. He's a veteran, and he's, I still think he's a good receiver. I just don't think he'll be their number one target. And as definitely last but definitely not least, Tom Brady. Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers on a two-year $50 million contract, no trade clause, no franchise tag clause. Um, he's got weapons to throw to. He's still good. He's still a good quarterback. Looking forward to see how the season pans out. I think that NFC South is even more difficult to going to be win. I still think the Saints are going to win that division, but I think the Bucks have a high chance, a high chance of making the playoffs this year under Tom Brady. I do think he's going to throw double-digit interceptions just because that offense under Bruce Arians is very difficult to learn under the first year. Same thing happened to Andrew Luck. Same thing happened to Carson Palmer. Same thing happened to Ben Roethlisberger. Same thing happened to uh, Peyton Manning. All in their first year under Bruce Arians calling plays, they've thrown double-digit interceptions. 
Uh, but they've also put up a bunch of stats. And look, if anything, the receivers are very familiar with the offense. Tom Brady is going to do his best to understand the offense and be able to you know, take the Bucks to the playoffs, I think. They have enough weapons. They have a good old line. Um, and Bruce Arians, I, I think, is a phenomenal coach. Um, so very excited. Those are all the re-signs, the trades, and signs that have happened this past week. Looking forward to see how the season pans out. Um, I just hope the coronavirus kind of clears out. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to this episode. And as always, thank you for listening. Either hate or love my opinions. And I'll catch y'all next Friday afternoon talking about running backs.